the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to the show today. I am excited. I'm so glad you are with us this Sunday. Today, our guest will be Pastor Chris, and then we're still on our journey with the book of John and we will be picking it up in chapter four. But first things first, Pastor Chris, welcome to the show today. Uh, Thank can, you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we ask? Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Pastor Chris Gray. I'm one of the associate pastors here at the Cross Church, and I'm happy to be here today. Um, I've been with at the Cross Church since January of 2015. I was ordained as a pastor January 2021, uh, originally born and raised in Oceanside, went to Cal State Long Beach for college and came back here in about 2015. So I've married with three kids. My wife's name is Andrea. My kids are Anthony, Savannah, and Alyssa. And it's a wonderful, blessed time in my life just to be able to do God's work. I'm so glad you're here with us today. And and I get such a joy doing these interviews and these questions. But let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, when did you come to saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Well, that's actually, a, <laughs> that's actually an interesting story. I've always been around the Lord. My family was into church, and I actually went to a Christian school, an elementary school. So... When I was in the first grade, our pastor at that time did, <laughs> I guess now, you know, it's an altar call, but he said, does anybody want Jesus to be their Lord and Savior? And I just raised my hand. I remember walking up and, you know, I had my little afro and <laughs> and just was just putting my hand through my hair. And I was, and he was like, do you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? I said, yes. Well, you need to ask him into your heart. I said, okay, Jesus, I'd like for you to come into my heart. And that's, I guess, where it all started. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So... Let me ask you some questions, and we're going to get right down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> get to the gritty. I am excited you're here today. So my next question is this. Um, you've been now coming to our church for several years. Um, how did you hear about At the Cross? Well, my uncle went there when we first were at the high school, at Oceanside High School, and he told me that he had a friend who was a pastor and I should go visit with him. We had similar stories, so that's how I ended up at, at the cross. That's awesome. I know Eric Ferguson super well. He actually taught me how to dance in high school. <laughs> you know, I was a jock, and, and he saw me as a freshman, and I played all these varsity sports, and he's like, hey, we got to get this right. He says, you have no rhythm. <laughs> so he taught me how to dance, and it's it's amazing how— Things work out, and now you're one of the pastors at, at the church. But you have a, a similar story like mine. You know, um, mine is that the California Innocence Project was able to get me out of prison when they presented all these evidence to the Board of Prison Terms. Tell me a little bit about your story. Well, like you said, we have similar stories. Um, I was living my life in Long Beach. I was a background investigator for the government, and I had actually had a split with my wife, and I was just trying to go out to do many things, and maybe some of the things weren't really God-ordained. You know, I God has always been with me, no matter what, but there was times in my life where I was doing so well that I just kind of put him to the side, like, oh, I don't have time for that right now. You know, I need to uh, do this, that, and the other. Well, when you do things like that, God has a way of <laughs> getting your attention. 
So unfortunately, I was accused of a heinous crime, one of the most heinous crimes you can be accused of. And I was sent to county jail in Los Angeles. I spent uh, some time in Los Angeles County Jail, 15 months to be exact, 472 days based on a crime that I did not commit. Uh, I was facing life in prison. It was a million dollars bail. And one of the things that I did when I was there is I learned so much about myself and others. And I had time to really just pay attention to God, just like he wanted me to. And just some of the things that happened while I was there set me up for the things that I'm doing now. And after 15 months, we went to trial and I was exonerated by the judge. The judge said that (laughs) this man is not guilty and there's nobody, there's not 12 people out there that are going to say he's guilty. So I'm going to dismiss this case. Wow, that is awesome. And so it's kind of ironic that we are at the same church. Um, yes, it was very ironic because it's funny, and I, and I think about this all the time. The day I met you, I was still wearing shoes that said L.A. County Jail. <laughs> and, and the Lord said, you know, basically, you know, I want you to stay on the path that I want, that I've been making you practice, making you think about for these last year and three months. And when I got there, I learned about you and how you had been in prison for 13 years and eight months. You know, I just did, I just did 15 months. You did like almost 14 years. That's, that's, and that's crazy. You you know, I, I had the privilege of praying for you because your mother was coming to the church Mm -hmm. and we would sit around and pray. And, and I, I got this overwhelming sensation that you were innocent and that God was going to free you, and it was going to happen really soon. And I remember telling your mother this. So when you showed up to church, I was excited. I was so elated. You know, at our church, you do a million things. Um, You're like the life of the party, the church. (laughs) And and I love it. You know, out of nowhere, and I, I just recently learned this from you, because you can rap like, incredibly and <laughs> you pick up songs uh instantly you you whatever the worship team is putting together you're able to rap so let me just ask you really quickly can you think of a rap maybe you know or just bring one out you gotta put me on the spot huh okay spot. all right um let's see uh lord i can't thank you enough for always sticking by me when the times were tough you delivered me a win from sin. That is a must. And I'm just like our money because in God we trust. Whenever there's a battle, you know it's all done. I see a victory. It's already won. When I look up and I praise in the sky, I love you, Lord. And you know why? Because you sent me the victory. Woo! And that just <laughs> popped up right now. That's amazing, Pastor Chris. Uh, here's another amazing question. I know you're on a quest uh right now to writing a book. How is that coming along? You know, it's very interesting writing a book. I'm I'm writing this book about what happened to me over the course of the time that I had spent while I was in Wayside, which is called Peter Pitch's Detention Center. That's found in Valencia near Magic Mountain, but there was no amusement there. (laughs) There's no amusement at Wayside, but it's called Random Thoughts of an Innocent Felon. And I've been working on it almost for about six years now. And sometimes there's fun times because there were times there that were fun. And there's some times where it's hard to go back and reminisce because I really want to bring, you know, the full transparency of the things that happened to me while I was in jail. And it's actually one of the things that was important to what I'm doing now is there was a man, I took over a Bible study. We had a pastor that was in there accused of a crime too. And he was found guilty and he went off to prison for 26 years And so we didn't have anybody to take over to Bible study. So I volunteered to do so. And one day when I was working on it, there was a gentleman who walked up to me. I was by myself. And he said, when are you going to accept your calling? And I looked at him. I was like, what are you talking about? He's all, man, the way you deliver the word, there's just, it's just inside of you. And one day, God told me to come up here and tell you this. One day you're going to have a ministry and one day you're going to have a wife that's going to support you in that ministry. And I was just like, come on, man, I'm just here doing this for God, but I'm not doing anything like that. Getting married. That's crazy. I'm not doing anything like that. 
But sure enough, sure enough. And without that knowledge, it was funny. I spoke at my grandfather's funeral and you were there at the funeral. And the next week you were like, hey, man, I really enjoyed how you spoke. You know, you should think about becoming an intern. And that was the last time you talked to me about it. But you would talk about it from the pulpit. <laughs> you would say, well, you know, I talked to Pastor Chris, or talked to Chris about becoming an intern for us, an intern pastor. But that's between him and God. But you'd mention it, <laughs> you'd mention it just to everybody. So finally one day I just heard God speak and say, you know what, it's time. And you, did, you didn't even know that. And, you know, you just found something in me. God must have spoke to you. And then that, you know, led me on my way. You know, I've had a a long connection with uh, your your family, you know, through Eric Ferguson. And I spent many days with him and, you know, and, and simply because I was a jock. And so he kind of spent time with me, you know, the dancing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was very honored to do your grandmother's and your grandfather's uh, uh, funerals. Mm-hmm. And it was a great thing for me. But when I heard you, I knew that God had a special calling for you. And I believe that you are probably one of the best, if not the best, topical speakers I've ever wow. heard. <laughs> and, and ever. And I've listened to many pastors, you know, before. Uh, and you just put it together. It's like going verse by verse, but it's topical, and you do a phenomenal job. You teach our uh, our midweek, me and you split that off. How how do you? How is that working for you? It's God, man, and it's just it's just God. And you know, before I begin any time I step on the pulpit, you know, and you know because you're there. I pray, and the last thing I say is, "May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to the Lord and Savior, O Jesus Christ." our Redeemer, Psalm 1914, and because I want to get up on that pulpit and I want to be able to deliver what he wants me to deliver. And so when you asked me to do the midweek service with you, I was honored. And I remember the first time I did it, we had a gentleman, uh, you remember Roy? Yes. And he, he, as soon as I was done, I did like 15, it's supposed to be 30 minutes, and I did it like 15, and I was so nervous and, and fast with it. And he's oh man, you got to slow down. You you know, one day you're going to be able to just be able to talk on just one verse. You're going to be able to talk for like a half an hour on it. And as time has gone on, I've gotten more and more comfortable, more in with you and Brother David always watching me and, you know, giving me critiques and, you know, just giving me uh, posit- positive affirmations of the things that I'm doing. And God just, especially over these last few weeks, you know, I've been doing the five senses and I've had several topics. You know, I'm doing the five senses. We're going to be doing smell next week. Uh, before, I was doing the Ten Commandments. Before that, we did the fruits of the Spirit. And I just like talking on topics. You know, you do, you take a chapter and you'll do a verse by verse. But I like talking on topics just because I just have a lot to say. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I want to bring different things in and different ways for people to think about it. Because I want people to leave with the knowledge that, yes, we read the Bible we and we can learn things from the Bible. We can know what it says. But if we can't apply it to our lives in 2022, then it's just going to go one in one ear and, off the, and out the other. Amen. And so when I do these topics and they come to me, God brings them to me. I don't even know what he's going to have for me after the five senses. But it, it's always good, and it's going well. I just really enjoy just doing these things for the kingdom. And anytime somebody comes up and says, hey, that word was amazing, that word was awesome, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that I'm helping out because God really did me a solid Amen. by giving me this opportunity, and I I will never stray from it. So what time is this midweek service at? The midweek service starts at 6.30, and if you listen to uh, last week's uh, freedom, you would know that our kids' choir was on here with our worship team, and uh, they always lead off our Wednesday service, and they're just phenomenal. I remember, I always joke about it, when they started, they used to just run up and down the church, and <laughs> they weren't paying attention to the microphones, and it was like pulling teeth out just to get them to cooperate. And Phil, you know, he's already bald, so he couldn't be stressed out anymore, you know, so they just, now they're just amazing. Phil has really got them dialed in, and they just 
one, they're just wonderful. And then they motivate me into just giving an even better word. Amen. This is what I love about you is uh, during this, I call it a pandemic. We know it as uh, whatever you want to call it. I call it a pandemic uh, instead of a pandemic. We stayed open. Yes. And, and I chose, you know, a certain amount of people to be there. And you found out how. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny about that is when the we are a church that is God first and God centered and, you know, nothing's going to stop us from praising our God. So when I heard that they were shutting all the churches down, I had a suspicion that we weren't going to shut down. <laughs> and I remember texting you and Pastor Paul like, Hey, what's the plan? Because I was ready to ride. You know, I was ready to be a soldier. I was like, we going to stay. You know, I'll lock arms with you. And I didn't hear anything back. So I'm like, I don't know. I guess I guess we're not staying open. So I'm at home that first Sunday, and I turn on Facebook, and there we are. I'm like, nobody told me we were staying open. And I had just started, I had just started my internship, and I was just starting the midweek services on Wednesday. And so that's how I found out. And then during that time, because – uh, work was not uh, not really. I wasn't really seeing any clients. I started growing my hair out, and I had this thick hair, like afro, and a beard. And then my daughter, for her birthday in June, wanted me to dye it pink, so she dyed it pink for. Her. <laughs> and I was still up there preaching away. I told everybody I got in a fight with the Kool Aid man. That's what I told Pastor Coach. But yeah, you know, we were always going to ride, and people really respected us for doing that, Amen. for staying up, staying open. Amen. So I, I, before we finish this interview, I, I wanted to see if you could just put another little wrap together in your mind and bring it out. <laughs> Make it a little longer. Let's let's hear it, Pastor Chris. Oh, man. Well, speaking of pandemics, uh, we know where crisis and all this crisis, Satan's hating that we live in life the nicest. God gives us peace and all understanding because we know that life is real demanding. Take heart. He's overcome the world, and we're trying to give it all to all the boys and girls. But I'm just a nobody who's sent from above to spread the love. Jesus, that's who he is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Praise the Lord. And now we are going to go into the book of John, but I wanted to thank Pastor Chris again. And I know that God has so much more for him and you're at the beginning of it and as we begin to see God pour out his spirit I know he has something phenomenal pour out his spirit on all people and I know he's already using power using you powerfully I can only in my mind imagine where God is going to take you thank you again it's amazing thank you for having me and so now as we begin the book of uh, John we're now in the book of Uh, chapter four. And if you just tuned in, you are here with freedom with Adam Riojas. And we are about to dive into the fourth book of John chapter four. And here it is. Here's what he begins to give us his word. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. As we are reading this, we see that Jesus needed to. He had an impulse to go through Samaria. And we've know, and most of us that have read scripture know that the Jews at that time look at, looked at the Samaritans with abhorrence. Uh, they never would go through the city because they hated them. They considered them half-breeds, and so they looked down on them, and they would do everything to avoid them. But at this point, Jesus must needs, needed to go through Samaria. That's the heart of God, is he rejects nobody. Everyone is accepted into the kingdom of God that repents and asks 
Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. If right now you are pondering life, if something is going on with you and you feel like there's no hope, you can trust Jesus. He will go out of his way to have an encounter with you, just like he's going to do now through Samaria. And now, again, the Samaritans were half Jewish and and literally half Assyrian because Assyrians had conquered them. And what the Assyrians used to do is that they would bring in their own people and set their own people up in the cities This way, they would become familiar with their customs and begin to literally take over these cities that they conquered. And here's verse 5. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. It's pretty interesting um, when you get to this verse because this city was important. There was a lot of biblical historical stories and events that had taken place. Now, uh, the city of Sikar was ancient Shechem and was the capital city of, of the Samaritans. This is where Abraham first came when he arrived into Cana from Babylon, Genesis 12, 6. This is where God first appeared to Abraham. Did you catch that? This is where God first appeared to Abraham in Cana and renewed the promise of giving the land to him and to his descendants. Genesis 12, 7. This is where God first appeared to Abraham in Cana and renewed the promise of giving the land to him and his descendants. I'll repeat it again. It's powerful. This is where Abram built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord, Genesis 12, 8. This is where Jacob came safely when he returned with his wives and children from his sojourn with Laban, Genesis 33, 18. This is where Jacob bought a piece of lamb from a Canaanite named Hamor for a hundred pieces of silver, Genesis 33, 19. This is where Jacob built an altar to the Lord and called it El Elohe Israel, Genesis 33, 20. This established a connection between Jacob and what's become known as Jacob's well there in Sychar. Now, Sychar, Shechem, was also the place where Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, was raped and the sons of Jacob massacred the men of the city in retaliation, Genesis 34. And as we just read, this was the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son to Joseph. The land Jacob had conquered from the Amorites with his sword and bow in an unrecorded battle, Genesis 48, 22. This is where the bones of Joseph were eventually buried when they were carried up from Egypt, Joshua 24, 32. This is where Joshua made a covenant with Israel, renewing their commitment to the God of Israel and proclaiming, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me read that again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24. That is powerful. And now the city has these folks called the Samaritans, and Jesus needed to go there, needed to go there. Now, in verse 6, we now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. This is a beautiful thing. There is no specific reason that, we could humanly humanly reason why Jesus sat at this particular well. But we know that he was on a mission. He was on a mission, and as we continue, we will see what that mission is. See, 
the whole reasoning why Jesus showed up into human history was to have an encounter with his creation, a personal encounter, to bring back his creation back to himself. Man was his trophy. Man was his finest creation. If you're hearing me now, Jesus loves you. If if you're in despair, if something is running through you, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you now. He's going out of his way to call you to himself. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to have this powerful relationship with you. He loves you beyond any human comprehension. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the Classical Conversation Community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. As we begin in the book of John and we journey through, we are now in verse 6. And, and Jesus has just come to this parcel that somehow was very important to, to him. And as we pick it, pick it up in verse 6, it says that, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being worried with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour around around noon and the story as it continues is phenomenal there cometh a woman of samaria to draw water jesus said unto her give me to drink now it is an unusual time that this woman shows up in the well because usually the woman would come early in the morning to get water and to take it back to their places, she somehow is is dealing with some shameful situation that we will see as we continue to read, but she wants to be around nobody. So she shows up at noon at the hottest point of the day to draw water. And now Jesus does something beyond comprehension at that time simply because men did not talk to women and especially um, teachers or rabbis Uh, a teacher or a rabbi would not even speak to his own wife or daughter or sister in public There were even Pharisees at that time who were called the bruised and bleeding Pharisees because they shut their eyes whenever they saw a woman on the street and what they would do is walk oppositely. So again, something historically is taking place. Jesus is talking to a woman in the open. A a woman who somehow shows up at noon when nobody is there. And as we'll see, it's to hide her shame. For his disciples were gone away onto the city to buy meat. Verse 9 says this, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew 
askest drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. See, it was commonly known that Jews would do everything to avoid the Samaritans. And Jesus, on purpose, needed to go and have this encounter with this woman. He's a teacher. He's doing something that no one had done to this point, especially a man speaking to a woman in public. He asked of her to give him water to drink. Jesus responds to this woman was, as we pick it up in 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Woo! What an amazing answer Jesus gives her. I would have wanted some of this living water. And this woman at this point knows nothing about Jesus. And Jesus responds with, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. It must have stirred something in her. Because according to scripture, in Jeremiah 2, 3 and 17, 13, Jehovah, God, is called the fountain of living water. For her, for Jesus to be offering to her living water, Jesus is claiming deity because only God could offer this. Listen to the woman's response in verse 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? I'm sure she's not yet recognizing who she's speaking with. But in her shame and her despair of being the only one to show up around noon so no one would see her draw water, She's thinking, I want some of this water. If there's another place where I could grab water, that would be amazing. I wouldn't have to show up to this place. You know that in Numbers 21, uh, when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, they stopped at this well where Moses had drawn water, and that's how he ended up meeting his wife. Um, And when the Israelites get there, there's this song that they sang that said, Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. And there's actually a song that says that nowadays. But this is living water, and the woman is just thinking in the physical right now. She continues her discourse by saying, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Wow, that is powerful. Listen, if you just tuned in, you are here with freedom with Adam Riojas as we are going through the book of John in chapter 4. And we are now in verse 12, are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us as well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. If you drink of this well from this, from this well, you will thirst again. He's drawn her into the spiritual realm. 14, Jesus continues and says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, 
But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, later on in, in John uh, 737 to 39, um, the same tone happens again when Jesus says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Spirit would flow through people. You know what's really interesting about this living water that Jesus is offering that Jehovah in the Old Testament um, proclaimed to be that living water is that folks have always been searching in all the wrong places. And if that's you today, this is an opportunity to have everlasting life. I know I, I recently heard a guy named Nigel who's a very wealthy man in this world and he's keeping himself young by shooting stelsum into him from ba- aborted babies. That is sickening. God can forgive him for that if he repents, but that's from an aborted baby. That is sickening. People are always looking for ways to stay young, to have everlasting life. He says that he's found the key to immortality. I can tell you one thing is I I would never, ever want to be an immortal here on earth. I want to be with the Lord. I, I want a spiritual awakening when I can, I don't have to cry no more. There'll be no more pain in me. I won't have to worry. I won't have to deal with all the thoughts that go on in the theater of my mind. I'll never have to do anything bad again. And not that I set off to do anything bad. You know, people have always been looking for eternal life. I read this little, Mark Twain said this, life would be indefinitely happier if we could only be born at the age of 80 and gradually approach 18 again. For centuries, the search for eternal life or Alangated life has been a frequent topic of various myths and legends from around the world. One of the earliest accounts is from the Greek historian Herodotus in the 5th century BC when he wrote of a fountain of youth in the land of Macroboyans, which gave the people of the region exceptionally long life lifespans. Alexander the Great searched for the fountain of youth in the 4th century BC and was said to have came across a healing river of paradise and the legendary King Preisler, John, claimed to rule a land that had a fountain of youth during the early crusades of the 11th and 12th centuries AD. In Japan, stories of hot springs that could heal wounds and restore youth were also common and still to this day. Similar stories were prominent among the Caribbean people during the early 16th century. People have always been looking for everlasting life, for the fountain of youth. During the 16th century, there was a Spanish explorer named Juan Ponce de Leon who allegedly thought it would be found, the fountain of youth would be found in Florida. In 1493, Ponce de Leon sailed with Christopher Columbus on Columbus' second voyage to the Americas to look for this place. Of course, it was never found. Yes, there's water that that has healing natural abilities in it because it's deep from, from the earth and it comes up. But everlasting life and the true fountain of youth Jesus himself. The woman said unto him in verse 15, Sir, 
Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Give me this water so I'll never have to come back here again. She's still not clicking in her mind yet. She still hasn't put one and two together that she's speaking to the Messiah. In her mind, she still wants to hide her shame. That may be you today. You may be wanting to hide your shame. Let me tell you who can pull that shame from you. Jesus. The very person talking to this woman. This woman, this man who cared for women, this man who was God, who incarnated, took on a human flesh to save you. You're like, save me from what? Save you from death. Eternal death. Only Jesus can give you life. You want to be young again? You're old? And you think you're about to die soon? Call on Jesus. Jesus can save you. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. This was a powerful statement. 17 says this, A woman answered and said, I have no husband. And look how Jesus responds to her. You have well said, I have no husband. Jesus knew her. Jesus knows you intimately. He knows everything going on with you. He wants to save you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you everlasting life. Only Jesus can do that. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you for tuning in. We are going through the book of John, and we are about to go in verse chapter 4, verse 17, when the woman just, just answered and said, I have no husband, because Jesus has asked her to go get your husband. Jesus knew her thoughts. Jesus knew her intimately, knows everything going on in a human being. 18 says this. And listen to the response that Jesus says. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. He says, you're being truthful. Jesus by this time knew, already knew, but he's about, to do something marvelous. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. She sees that Jesus is special. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain, nor yet in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship, ye know not what we know, what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. It comes from the Jews. God had made a covenant with them. See, that's the beautiful thing is we can read the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, and then we get into the New Testament and see that God is a God who keeps his promises. He restores. He restored Israel. They ceased to be a nation for nearly 2,000 years, and in 1948, bam, God brought them back. He made a promise. He made it happen. Uh, the New Testament also talks about Jerusalem again once being the capital where the temple would be made, constructed. In 1967, an unheard of amount of people attack Israel. 
the Arab nations. And they were bound to destroy it. But God. But God. (laughs) They ran. And Israel took back and occupied Jerusalem. Just like God said, it has to be. It's part of the implant plan that God has. The hour is now where it doesn't have to be on this mountain that this woman is at or in Jerusalem. You and I can worship the Father freely now. 23 says this, but the hour cometh now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He's looking for you. If you're broken down, if you're hopeless, if you see no future for you, today, Jesus is speaking to you. Sure, you hear me on the radio, but I am reading directly out of a Bible. And he is now saying that the Father is seeking such to worship him. Worshippers that want to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Are you tired of lying? Are you tired of living a deceitful life? Today is a day of salvation, Scripture tells us. Today is a day when your life can change. I'm not telling you that everything is going to be perfect, but I can tell you is that God is seeking you out. Just like he went out of his way to seek out this woman, he's seeking you out today. He's calling you. If you're hearing this radio right now with freedom, with Adam Riojas, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you to worship him. He wants to free you. You know, they say that if the more you smile and the more that you sing, that that your spirit within you changes. Imagine if you put that kind of energy in worshiping God, singing songs, everything seems minuscule. I need Jesus. Does someone need Jesus out there now? The woman said unto him in verse 25, I know that Moses cometh, which is called, I know that Messiah cometh. Excuse me, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. The woman knew. Jesus said unto her, I that speak am he. Wow. You could probably hear a pin drop at that moment. Jesus is calling you now. He that speaks through me now is calling you. And that's Jesus. Not me. Jesus is calling you. Listen, it's simple. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose on the third day. It's so easy that it seems crass. But that's all you do. Mean it with your heart and Jesus will encounter you and change your life. You will now have hope. You will now have a future. The Bible says that he has plans to prosper you and not to hurt you. He loves you. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of salvation. Hey, if you were here part of this early show, uh, you heard the interview with Pastor Chris. He's one of the pastors at At The Cross Church in Oceanside. Uh, And I wanted to ask Pastor Chris again because he's this amazing man. I wanted to see if he would give us another little song. Pastor Chris, another little rap song. Another song. Okay. Well, 
it looks like we listened to the story of the woman at the well. But Jesus could tell how many things were on her mind. But Jesus was cool. He was precious and kind. He said, give me the living water and you can be one of my daughters. And from now on, she would know how the way her life was supposed to go. She ran back to the town and told everyone that she has seen the glorious sun. And now her life could be all fun. And she goes to the kingdom when she's done. That's out of John 4. Woo! That's powerful, Pastor Chris. Thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning in this Sunday with us. And we hope that you come back. And if you ever want to, we are in Oceanside, 21-12, El Camino Real, uh, 92054. We want you to reach out to us. Our phone number is 760-994-3534. And you can always go on the website and find us at atthecrossoceanside.org. We thank you for tuning in and know that Jesus loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.